Tonight's episode is brought to you by Leap Spirits, paying homage to the iconic end zone celebration that was created by a Green Bay legend, Leroy Butler. Leap Vodka is inspired by the best attributes of the world's finest vodkas. It's distilled from Midwest corn until impurities are removed. Their propriety uh, coconut filtering process provides vibrant fragrance and flavor. Leap Vodka has been recognized for excellence by industry experts from coast to coast. Their processes provide the smoothest, cleanest vodka possible. To find Leap Vodka in a retail store or restaurant near you, visit LeapSpirits.com and click on Leap Vodka. 40% alcohol by volume, distributed by Phillips Distribution Corporation, 310 Knob Hill Road, Madison, Wisconsin. You must be 21 plus or of legal drinking age to consume alcoholic beverages. Please drink responsibly. All right. Enjoy tonight's show. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will All right, all right. We are live. Uh, for those of you watching on social media, just uh, tuning in. Um, welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast, and we are here with an incredibly special guest, a guy that if you listen to our podcast regularly, we talk a lot about because we think he's just a heck of a football player, Green Bay Packers defensive lineman, Jack Heflin. Jack, welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for having, having me on. Yeah, I mean, thank you for joining us. We sure appreciate it. Um, somebody we've been following now uh, since you came to Green Bay. And we always have to ask uh, first-time guests the same question. Jack, how's it feel to be a Green Bay Packer? I mean, it feels pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie to you. It's uh, it's very special, especially be able to go out to Lambeau Field and just see all the fans. It, it's definitely – it's very – very home feel to me. It's a lot like Iowa City, and I really enjoy that. So it, it's a pretty damn good feeling. Yeah, and Jack, I think most Packer fans uh, know some of the beats uh, and highlights of your story and your path to the NFL. Um, it's it's not been necessarily, uh, I'll respect, a seamless journey, has it? Uh, so I'm just wondering if – you can just uh, give us a little bit of a deeper dive um, on that path, because um, I think a lot of folks assume that, you know, everyone that's in the NFL was an All-American in high school, you know, um, scholarship player, uh, three or four years in college, um, early round draft pick. Um, and I think you're not alone on the Packers of having a, a little bit more of a unique journey, but I'm just wondering if you could share a little bit more about what that path to the NFL and to the Green Bay Packers has been for you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's never been easy for me. Like you're saying, it hasn't been seamless at all, far from it. Uh, I mean, coming out of high school, I was a walk-on to Northern Illinois. was playing good in my first camp, had shoulder surgery, got cut from the team, came back, got the starting spot, and then I got hurt. And then I was to the point where we didn't know if I was going to play football ever again. And then came back, healed up right. It was just a matter of just healing the right way. And then came back, healed up right, had the best year of my college career. And I'm getting all conference. And then I transferred to Iowa uh, during the COVID year. Just wanted to play the Big Ten games. 
grew up a diehard Hawks fan. It's kind of funny. I had a good amount of offers in the portal, and I was visiting my girlfriend out in Colorado Springs, and Coach Ferentz called me. He's like, hey, I just want to let you know we had a scholarship open up for you. And I said, like, yep, it's a committable. I'm, I'm going. Didn't care about the competition. I just had to go through. I'm, like, I'm going to Iowa right now. I don't care anything. Uh, no, so went to Iowa, played eight eight games there. Um, could have did the COVID year thing, but I was uh, I had over 1,800 snaps in college. So I'm like, it's time to move on. And yeah, then I was thought I was gonna get my name called fifth round, thought of sixth round, thought you know I, I really thought, but uh, it didn't happen. Um, but God had a different plan for me, so ended up doing an undrafted route and. I mean, was blessed to land at a spot in Green Bay with one of, with a D-line coach that really believed in me and the GM that really gave me a shot. So that's all I could really ask for. They never BS me from the start. They shot me straight. Um, there was never anything behind closed doors that was different or something going on. They're telling people different. So that's what I really appreciate with the, the organization there and hope to do the same this fall. And Jack, you know, you, you talk about this this path to get to the NFL, and uh, you, how do you keep going? I mean, is this just a love of the game situation for you, or you just you love the game so much because you 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 know every guy that we talk to seems to have a different path to the NFL. Some guys highly recruited, some guys you know are battling every every season and every snap. So is it really truly a love of the game? What's your motivating factor? Uh, all the way through through college and into this moment right now? Uh, for me, I really – I mean, I, one, I do love the game. I mean, it's something I've always wanted to do ever since I've been a little kid. But two is like, I've had a lot of people tell me I couldn't do it. And I just – I don't know why. I, I, I'm very – I guess you can say I'm kind of petty, but also like very – I'm the youngest of six kids at the house. I'm very revengeful. So you tell me I'm going to do something, I'm going to, I'm going to prove you wrong. So like, just please, just like, I love it when people keep adding that up for me. So I don't know. I, I have a chip on my shoulder. I mean, it means a lot to me. Uh, and like, especially it's a great way to provide for your family and it's generational what you can do with this. And cause I want to be able to, I want to be a stay at home dad when I'm in the mid thirties. I don't want I don't want to work. I want to make investments from playing the game and just take care of my kids and raise my kids and coach them. So, I mean, that it's just the future, what this game can do for my family and I. It's another big motivating factor. Yeah, and Jack, just looking back, um, going into last season, was there a moment in OTAs or in training camp where you sensed, okay, this isn't just – a pipe dream. I know I'm an undrafted guy might have some odds stacked against me, but I really feel like I belong. And was it, you know, when the pads came on, was it before that? Um, just kind of walk us through mentally how you approach attacking um, that, because I don't care what anyone says, it's not easy to do win any NFL job, uh, let alone as an undrafted free agent in your rookie season. So I'm just kind of curious if there was, a particular moment where you felt like you really belonged? Uh, I would definitely say the week that the Jets came um, and I had a really good practice. I felt like I had a pretty good practice going on. I mean, obviously I made stupid rookie mistakes. I mean, that's 
going to happen. But then I went in the game, and I had, like, one of the best games I had in a long time. Felt like I was in college. Everything was flowing. I was making plays, chasing down, and, like, just doing that. And I was like, you know what? Like, I can do this. I just got to keep keep doing what I'm doing. But it's just what really helped me was to make the team. I didn't have to do anything extraordinary from what I'm not used to doing. So it was just very nice to know that I could just play my game, play hard, play fast, and the plays will come. So that's really it. Jack, uh, DJ Garcia on Twitter uh, says, what's up, trash can full of dirt? Um, So (laughs) that's a nickname that we've seen. uh, uh, What, originated from a scout, right? Uh, Is that correct? Uh, Just uh, how how do you Mm -hmm. like that moniker? Because when we heard that, uh, we were like, we're gonna love this guy, and you, you know, you you've lived up to that that description. I think you kick ass out there. So, uh, what did you make of that description when you first heard it? Well, I mean, I didn't. Everyone's like, oh, like, that's brutal. Like they're calling him a trash can. But like growing up on a farm, I kind of like we have trash cans full of dirt. You, know, you can't move them. So like that's all I'm like, I'll take that as a compliment. I guess I'm pretty stout then. But you know. It's, just anything. I mean, all publicity is good publicity, I've learned. Uh, sometimes not at first, but in the long run it will be. But, no, it's a great thing. Like People want to call me that. I don't care. I, I love the nickname personally. It's a, a hell of a branding tool, too. Yeah, and, Jack, going back to that undrafted free agency, how much did you mention – coach Montgomery and and correct me if I'm wrong, but you had connection to him just because of his connection to the Iowa program. Did you know him at all before you signed with the Packers? And was that at least a part of your decision or were there other factors that really drove the decision? Because um, in some ways it's sometimes being an undrafted free agent can be a blessing in disguise where you get to choose your destination. So just kind of curious what the, thought process was and, and factors that went into that decision? Um, I don't know. We, we knew Green Bay had interest from the start uh, through the whole process, but um, especially when Coach Ferentz calls me on uh, the draft day and he told me, he was like, it's a real opportunity of real people. And he talked about Coach Montgomery and I, Oh, he's a stand-up guy. He respects the hell out of him. And I, when Coach Ferentz says that about someone, it it goes a long way. So, And that's all I was looking for. They said the real opportunity is going to give you a real shot. Even my agent was telling me that. Coach Montgomery sh- shot me straight. He was the first one to tell me they weren't taking defense in the seventh round. Um, he told me that early. He told me – he sent me a text – there's actually everything he's like you do this this and this and you'll make the team and so it wasn't any like red flags or question marks out of it where you get that I guess from other people but it just felt comfortable in a way but I the only first time I met with coach Montgomery was in a pre-draft zoom meeting and that's it um and I knew he played at Iowa from the past and but that's the only really conversation I had with him that's that's super interesting. I mean, what was your impression then? You get to Green Bay, right? You come in here uh, to 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 Lambeau. Um, had you ever been to Lambeau prior in your life? I knew you're a Midwest guy, like we are, so I wasn't sure if you know you grew up going to any football games or anything. But uh, what was your kind of impression uh, heading into Lambeau for the first time as a Green Bay Packer? 
I mean, that was my first time ever at Lambeau too. Was uh, okay. and I looked at it. I'm like, holy crap! Like this ain't college no more. <laughs> I mean, that's like <laughs> massive. But no, but yeah, it was, it was something special. It's surreal to this day. Like sometimes, like when you're like in the morning, you're just like in a fog, and you're like, crap, like. I got to go do 10 hours of work today, you know, and you're just like, I'm just like tired. Like I'm worn out. It's like week eight, but like, of like OTAs or something in the summer. And you like, but then you pull up and the gates of Lambo open. You look up, you're like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what am I, what am I complaining about? I'm so blessed right now. This is, this is ridiculous. It snaps you all of it really quick. So, I mean, every day it's, I'm still on all of it. Every single day I walk in. Yeah, for sure. And Jack, I, I'm just kind of curious. There's been a lot of stories that have come out about some of your teammates that uh, really just put in a ton of work behind the scenes. And I know you're one of them as well. Um, so where do you think that comes from? Is that culture driven or just being surrounded by the right type of guys that just love football and are hungry to go out there and, and prove that they belong at this level? Or I, cause um, you know, I, I got to think there's a little bit of everything that goes goes into that. But um, it seems like there may be some quiet competition amongst some of you to prove who's going to work the hardest, too. So I'm um, just kind of curious how much of that actually manifests itself in reality and how much of that just makes for some good um, for some good stories from the media to be able to tell about about the guys that are putting in the work and and uh, really earning their spot. I mean, it's just one thing. Like, why everyone's everyone's down to compete in the locker room. I mean, we're professional athletes for a reason. That's like what got us there. But still, especially in like the D line room, it's it's super competitive. Uh, I mean, you got Kenny and Dean. I mean, they they set a pretty all right example. I guess you could say. I mean, they're pretty freaking good. Um, so like, just like they set the standard, and it's just every day you have a standard to live up to. Um, there's a reason why they're, I think it's like seven years this year, seven or eight years in the league and they made some good money. So it was like kind of silent competition, I guess, in a way, like working out with Dean, he always comes up, you ask what you, what, what weight I did. Or I go to him. I'm like, what did you, what weight you hit today? TJ, he's an outlier. He's just strong as hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, other than that, like, I mean, you like always ask and like, try to see and you try to live up to them and try not to let the old guys down or the older guys, the vets. So even going to my second year, I still feel like I got a lot, I have a lot to prove and I have a lot to live up to. So it's just not, not letting them down, trying to come back in a little bit better shape than them or little. So there's always, you're always competing over little things. How, what was the approach going into last year? You know, you, we mentioned undrafted guy. Were, were the veterans pretty receptive to you right away? Was there kind of initiation process along the D line? How does that work uh, in Green Bay? What's the culture like there for that? Uh, I mean, I'll say this when you come in, everyone's treated with respect. Um, they, they respect you for getting there, but it's like a quiet, like little. I don't know. Like, it's like a quiet way of earning respect. It's like, all right, let's see him practice. Let's see our response in practice. Mm-hmm. Like the way they way he works. Like does he talk? Does he like make excuses? So it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just like what all. But that's just everywhere in life. I would say like you, you guys have been there for 
been around for a while, like, you know, like you see how it goes. Uh, um, but no, it's just like, I was treated well. I mean, there's obviously a rookie skit. Everyone has to do is, I mean, you can't, you can't dodge that. So like you have to do that little skit. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's just seeing how I perform on the field and how I respond. And if like when you get asked questions in meetings, if you know the answer, it's just small things like that. It's just being on your, being really just being a pro and like treating it like a job. Like this isn't, you ain't getting a scholarship, going to class and coming home and screwing around. You got a four year deal. Like it's, it's your job, but it's the way you take care of your family now. Mm-hmm. And, and Wags, I'm sorry, but Jack, uh, we'd lose our subscribers very quickly um, uh, that are downloading this tomorrow. Um, if I didn't follow up with what was your skit? What what did you do for your skit last year? Uh, actually, I did. Uh, I was Coach Montgomery, and we did like meetings. Um, <laughs> and I just basically, it was, it was, uh, so I was talking to one of the player development guys. He's like, dude, he's like, this is your one time to just to go at it. So I was like, dude, screw it, I'm going all in. So like, we went all in. <laughs> but no, I was Coach Montgomery, and we. With like the other D linemen, the undrafted guys, we we reenacted what a meeting's like, and like just messing around. It was it got a pretty good hit, so I was pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. And Jack, now coming into your second season, you're no longer the new guy, uh, particularly in the defensive line group. So just looking around at some of the moves that the front office made, including re-signing you uh, back in January. um, What's your assessment of this defensive line group so far from what you've seen in OTAs and what's the next step for you as you go into year two? I mean, mean, it's a hell of a D line right now. (laughs) We're pretty deep across the board and it's going to be really good competition. I'm really excited for the gates open once camp starts. I mean, they're already the competition's already started, but I'm really excited to see what I can do. And for me coming in the second year, uh, I just want to be able to prove myself uh, that last year's camp wasn't a fluke. When I played in the Kansas City game, I didn't play the way I wanted to. I didn't play good at all. Um, so like, I want to show that what I did in the preseason wasn't a fluke, and I want to come back out and do it again and uh, make the team and want to really be in Green Bay this fall. And yeah, Either or, like, whatever happens, happens is business, and I know that, but I know that this is a really good fit for me here. I know I can fit I fit the culture really well. I really respect everyone across the board, and I know uh, I can control what I can control, um, and, that, and that's just the way I'm going to work, compete, and God has a plan for me and whatever happens, happens. And I'm really looking forward to just getting after it. I mean, that's being from a walk on undrafted. It's, it's nothing new. Just, just keep tallying it up. I'm used to it and I'm just going to keep on going no matter what. That's great. Yeah, we've, that's great. And we've got some comments here coming in on our uh, chats. Uh, um, uh, comment here from Shadid uh, just says, yo, Jack Hefflin in the house. Um, we've got a comment from Lee, uh, 86. Uh, Love the motor, Hefflin. Looking forward to seeing it at training camp again this year. And then I think you might have already answered it, but John Dorn asked, Jack, who on the Packers defensive line is the hardest to block? Oh, that, that's an easy question. Kenny Clark. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Like, you see that. It depends on, on the day, but Kenny Clark is a freak. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean's a freak, too. But when TJ when TJ gets home in and he gets oiled up, TJ is also just an absolute specimen. So take your poison. And there, there's a reason why they are where they are. <laughs> so. My question, though, is who's got the best dance moves or the best celebration uh, in that defensive line group? I mean, I think um, we're, we're anxious to see who can uh, have the best sack dance going into this season. Well, I mean, I'm an old-fashioned. You ever see the, the college? I'm an old-fashioned Goonies guy. I like rubbing <laughs> the belly. So uh, I've always been that way. But, I mean, I don't know. I would say I feel like TJ has the most spunk. When it comes to it, I feel like he, he's the most flashy. So, it's either TJ's going to flex. Dean's going to do his jump up and flex. Mm-hmm. Kenny's going to have something new. Kenny, Kenny's always dialing something up. So, <laughs> oh, you got to give it to the – I don't know what Jay Reed's are. Uh, so, I think you got to give it to the Wiley vet and Kenny and that. I mean, TJ hasn't had the, the sex that Kenny has. So, it's just unfair advantage right now. <laughs> I like this. I like this insight we're getting tonight, Wags, from Jack here. This is good. Uh, Jack, where are they having you line up right now during OTAs? Um, I know the Packers love flexibility. You're a guy who has shown that you can, you know, do a lot of things with your hand in the dirt. So uh, where are they uh, placing you at right now uh, on the D-line, or where are you most comfortable right now? Uh, I'm comfortable in any position they put me on. it's the same thing as last year, what they're doing. Uh, being an undrafted guy, I got to know every spot. So just trying to learn every spot. And not, I wouldn't say just learn it, just be, a, be an asset in every spot, uh, especially in practice. So it's just the same thing as last year, um, trying to be a little Swiss Army knife for them, trying mm-hmm. to be someone that they can't get rid of. Uh, and just like not really that they can't get rid of. I want to be someone that helps the team. That like so like if they need someone like a little security blanket for Coach Montgomery if someone goes down someone's shoelace breaks something happens in a game I mean there's so many things that happen in the four quarters so just be ready and when he needs me he can throw a plug and play anywhere and it just doesn't have to be a certain position for sure and uh, Jack how are you feeling health wise body feeling good healthy as you're getting ready for camp next month yeah I feel real good uh. I just had a little, little tune up this off season, and I feel real good heading into camp this year. Yeah, that's great. Um, so speaking of the off season, um, it looks like you you like to you know enjoy yourself uh, off the field as well. Um, what what have been some some of the things you've been able to to do as you've gotten away from football and relax a little bit this off season as well? I mean, I went to a girlfriend and I took a trip to Cabo. Uh, always wanted to do that. I had to hit the mandatory NFL trip to Cabo. Um, <laughs> did it once. Probably won't do it twice. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, other than that, I like to say I like to, to golf. So I, I did some golfing. Uh, I like to say I'm golfing, but I'm really not. I'm freaking mm-hmm. shanking and slicing. But I'm having the time of my life every time. But uh, no, golf a lot. Uh, like playing games. Play a lot of Call of Duty. And then, I mean, then I, one of my good roommates uh, and buddies, we go. He took me turkey hunting uh, this year. I like to waterfowl hunt a lot. 
but mm-hmm. I've never been able to go turkey hunting. Just been so busy growing up, no one to take me or teach me. So went turkey hunting for the first time, and it's the most frustrating bird in my life I've ever mm-hmm. dealt with. But I want to shoot one so bad. <laughs> I want to get one. Yeah, well, uh, I know think what? there's, I I think there's a lot me. of Packer fans out there listening that would be happy to take you and show you how to turkey hunt. So, mm-hmm. guys, if you if you want to take Jack uh, turkey hunting, I think you should hit him up. He's looking for some tutorials out there. I personally wouldn't be a lot of help for you on that front, Jack. But um, I think there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of guys out there in Packer land that would be happy to show you the ropes for sure. Mm-hmm. I would love that, especially now, Lord. Well, well, come in my backyard. I've got plenty of turkey. Uh, please get rid of some for us. Uh, my wife would be very <laughs> pleased with that. Um, you changed numbers. I see you went from 90 to 96. Any any reasoning behind that uh, other than, you know, past experience with the number? Uh, it was just with signing of Jay Reed. He's a vet, so it. it was part of his deal. So they gave me 96. At least it's not a 70s or – 50s number or 60 so still a good number i'll take that cool and what what kind of music are you listening to these days and what do you listen to uh before the games are you a hype up guy are you a guy that kind of just chills out you know what's what's kind of your what's what's on the dial right now for you oh i mean just normal like just driving around music i listen to a lot of like i listen to a lot of country music uh growing up with that uh i listen i listen to morgan wallen uh, Riley Green, those are the most mainstream I get, but I listen to a lot of Whiskey Myers, Cody mm-hmm. Jenks, a lot of guys mm-hmm. like that. Uh, um, a little bit of Luke Combs here and there. Cody Jenks, man, get... I, I love him. I'm going out to Wyoming, uh, or excuse me, Montana in a couple of weeks and going to see Cody Jenks at a festival. He's he's awesome. Oh, I love his music. He, so like that, my buddy saw him in the Buke and said it was the best concert he ever been to in his life. But oh. I've been actually listen, I've been listening to Ian Munsick too, uh, up and coming guy. Uh, but no, then before a game, it's kind of funny. I listen to country music too before a game. Uh, but like, I listen to like the Steel Woods. Um, but then I get like a little rock in there. I get a little rap. I listen to a little Ti. Uh, you, you, I'm, I'm, I mix it up all the time, and that's just like music too. I listen to a lot of podcasts too. Driving. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big Joe Rogan guy. Uh, I just like hearing a bunch of different stuff. Uh, topics going on in the world just educate myself in a way i don't know how educational it is but <laughs> i like to feel like i'm learning something yeah we won't go on like a, a trip with you like joe likes to do with his guests but <laughs> um so speaking of hunting just one other off-season activity did you guys know that you were going to get go paintballing um at for the third day of mandatory otas and did your hunting experience um, benefit you out there? And and I, I mean, I'm I'm just curious. We saw some of the pictures on social media. You're, were you one of the one of the killers out there? Or, um, how did that go out there for you? I mean, first game. I'm not gonna lie to you. It was hotter than heck out. It's like first game. I'm just going for it. I'm just getting after it, jumping. I'm getting shot, running back, tagging on the base, sprinting back out there. Uh. No, but I would say hunting helped a little bit, but usually the target that you're hunting doesn't fire back at you, so it makes it a little bit different when you have paintballs coming right at your head. Uh, maybe the one time I ran in the middle and the O-line was just sitting there, and I got hit by, like, four different guys shooting me, just got peppered. 
But I mean, it was it was fun. But then, like the second and third game, I ended up just grabbing. They had like these like grenades, and I just took a whole box out there, and I had like twenty grenades. And I was just <laughs> launching them. My arm was so sore the next day. I was just sending it. Yeah, those old linemen are are pretty tribal, man. I tell you, uh, I, I don't know if uh, they had uh, Aaron or Jay Love like kind of behind them like they form a pocket or something or <laughs> uh, maybe they said they're on their own uh, when they're out there on the painful upward um listen we are talking a little bit offline jack uh about um uh, something uh near and dear to you rally for reed and really wanted you to maybe mention that so our audience could you learn a bit more about this as well and folks we'll put this up on our insta story as well um, when we when we put this up here tomorrow, but Jack, would you mind uh, talking a little bit more about Rally for Reed? Yeah, so uh, a buddy of mine that I tra- train with, uh, an LA Rams uh, safety, Jake Travas, he uh, got really close with Reed um, when he was battling cancer when he was a kid in the Children's Hospital in Iowa City, and unfortunately, Reed lost his battle. Um, little warrior, he fought. Um, but it's a really cool camp put on in Davenport, Iowa. It's three sessions. Um, there's a young group, a really young elementary group, and it's like a middle school group and older. Uh, and it's just a bunch of kids get to go out, have fun, play football. Um, there's about 20 former Iowa Hawkeyes that are there running the camp. Uh, and I mean, it's in Davenport, Iowa at Assumption Sports Complex. And I mean, it's a great camp for a great cause to raise money for pediatric cancer. Um, Jake Travis is a great man for putting it on. He has a lot of stuff going on. And Reed's parents are amazing parents. And it's just a overall, it's an amazing day, uh, amazing atmosphere. And it's just a fun day celebrating Reed's life and all the stuff he loved and being able to help raise money for a good cause. Yeah, and uh, Jack, I know you said you raised over fifty thousand dollars last year. Um, where can folks can you can you say again one more time where folks can go if they'd like to donate and and when when will that uh, event be again this year? Uh, I want to say you can donate at Rally for Reed Foundation on Instagram. There should be a link in the link in the bio, or uh, just look up Jake Travis and DM and bother him. Let him just blow up his DMs about it, and he'll definitely get you somewhere to go. Uh, he'll be more than happy to help you. Um, and it takes place this Friday. Um, I want to say it starts at 8 a.m., the first session, but this Friday in Davenport, Iowa. That's fantastic. So everyone listening, go and contribute to that great cause. And Jack, thanks so much for doing everything that you do to be able to support that and and in the community uh, in Iowa and your hometown and and of course in Green Bay. It's uh, very much appreciated that you and and, uh, the teammates that you have, former and current, um, that can use the platform to be able to do good. So thanks, thanks for all that you do there. Absolutely. Thank you for everything too. Thanks for thanking me. Yeah, no. And, and why, I mean, Jack, I just want to say thanks. You, it took, it took, uh, uh, to be able to take the time to come on here. You're somebody that we really appreciate. We're, we're excited uh, to be tracking you pretty hard this, this year. Um, you know, as, as you're battling, 
come come July and August up there in Green Bay. And we we love your game. We think you've got a, a hell of a shot to make this team and make an impact this year. And you just you're a good dude off the field and uh, you're a good ball player on it. So, you know, you're definitely somebody that we're going to be cheering for. And I know Lombardi's Legends uh, podcast listeners will all be pulling for you as well. Thank you very much. Thank you all very much for having me on here. It's been an absolute joy. I've been meaning to get on here earlier, but I, like I said, I'm brutal at responding to messages. It's nothing personal. No, absolutely not. The, the, the appreciation is all ours, Jack. Before you go, we always got to ask, can you give us a hearty Go Pack Go? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Thank, go Pack Go, Thanks, Jack. baby. Green Bay Packers defensive lineman, Jack Heflin. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So, Dane, I think we should jump over then and uh, hear from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings is uh, the official sponsor of the NFL. Of course, it is no longer football season. We are in the hockey playoffs. The pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on and DraftKings Sportsbook is uh, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. So, Dane, uh, I don't know if you and your wife, Andrea, have shifted over to the Stanley Cup and the NHL, but you got to keep the train going with DraftKings. Listen, Wags, I mean, I'll tell you what. Um, my, I told you my wife does not like Boston. Uh, so she's very happy with what happened with Steph Curry and others. And now on to the avalanche. She's going with the avalanche in Colorado for the Stanley Cup. And she's having a ton of fun. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. Folks, use promo code TPPN. Again, promo code TPPN. Uh, and, and enjoy, you know, uh, play some bets. Have some fun with it. Uh, I know soccer is going to be coming up soon, too. There's all sorts of great stuff that you're able to, to play with with DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, use promo code TPPN. I received that 150 bucks in free bets and just have some fun doing it. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. So, uh, Dane, that was awesome. Jack is a great dude. So great much guy. appreciate him yeah. coming on the show. Um, would be happy to have him on anytime. So, um, you know, when you look at this defensive line group, and he's a big part of the uh, improved defensive line that I think we're going to see this year. And I I'm really hoping to see him be able to carve out a bigger role um, this season. I think both you and I expected to see him on the field more last yeah. year uh, based on the fact that he made that roster out of camp and um, with the role that he seemed to be setting up for himself. So hopefully for his sake, he'll be able to get a few more uh, reps in uh, and some more snaps on Sundays this season, because I think he can definitely bring an element um, uh, that uh, this defensive line can use out there on Sunday. So I'm excited to see what uh, transpires with Jack and the rest of this defensive line. Yeah, I mean, he's a competitor, right? There's no doubt about that. He, I don't think he's going to flinch from the competition. There's going to be a lot of competition uh, this year. I mean, the Packers invest in the draft. They invest, invest in free agency. And they're returning Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and TJ Slayton, which already, you know, it's a heck of a, a group of guys there. So Jack's going to be battling. But I think um, he's going to make it incredibly hard. And I think this Packers defensive line very, very well 
could carry six defensive linemen. And I think Jack's that sixth guy. I just do. I think he's a really good football player. Um, the Packers don't give away roster spots. The fact that he was able to stick last year, now going into year two, understands the culture, understands the defense that much more. He's got a leg up. And I think that, um, you know, the Packers have some trust in him. Otherwise, they wouldn't have kept him around. They wouldn't have brought him back. So uh, good on Jack. It's going to be a fight. But I mean, tell tell, tell me the last time Jack Heflin flinched, right, uh, through adversity. He's going to go and he's going to battle. Yeah. And I mean, the number one thing that um, you don't want to say this, but there's injuries are always part of, of camp. And so I, I'm very happy with what the front office did with this defensive line, because I've been nervous what the last three, four years about the depth that we've had at the defensive line. I think you're happy with the guys they've had to start with, but injuries can play a toll, man. And so I think they're in a much better position from a depth standpoint. Hopefully there's no, you know, long-term injuries with this group. But um, I think with the guys that they have there, they can withstand uh, outside of Kenny Clark, <laughs> um, you know, a injury that's uh, of the three to four a game or less variety uh, to, to most of these guys. And um, so I think jazz going to be a big part of that for sure. Um, Dane, just before we log off here for the night, um, just a couple Packer news and notes. Um, a social media favorite, Kurt Benkert, no yeah. longer in Green Bay. Unfortunately, I know a lot of Packer fans really love Kurt, especially uh, uh, with some of uh, his activeness on Twitter. Uh, made a lot of uh, fun to follow. Um, but uh, it looks like the Packers decided to move on, and uh, he's not going to be part of training camp battling for that number three quarterback spot. Most likely um, that'll be someone that'll be on the practice squad. So I don't see the Packers carrying three quarterbacks on the active roster. Um, so I don't know if you have a read on this uh, or if this is more, maybe just all things being equal. Um, they felt like it was a pretty uh, even competition or maybe he was just a little behind the fourth guy. Um, let him go now. And he has perhaps a chance to catch on somewhere else. Well, you know what? I actually saw he did some kind of like live stream or something like this morning, maybe, or maybe it was last night, but I saw it this morning. Um, and he said that he has a, a ton of respect for Goody and, and actually kind of came to his defense, which I was, you know, not surprised by. Kurt's a good dude. It's just um, he, he basically said, you know, fans are mad at, at Goody, but really he was doing him a favor. He wasn't going to make the team. They were straight shooters with him. And they said, you know what? We're going to let you go now. Hopefully you can latch on somewhere else and get a crack at earning a, a job on the 53 like you did last year. So, um, you know, I, honestly, it might work out better for Bankert long term. And Wags, I think the Packers have, I think we're carrying 88 right now uh, on the roster. So, you know, we've got a couple roster spots to play with before training camp breaks. I would not be surprised if the Packers bring in a fourth quarterback uh, for another camp arm. So, you know, I think the Packers, to your point, Wags, they're looking for a practice squad guy. And the question becomes, is Danny Etling and somebody else that we're probably bringing in? And one of those guys is looking to earn that practice squad spot because the Packers are going to go into the regular season with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love at one and two. And this is too stacked of a roster. You can't carry three three quarterbacks. We just heard about Jack Heflin. How do you carry six defensive linemen if you're carrying three quarterbacks? It just The math isn't going to work with this deep of a team. 
Yeah, I mean, and and all respect to Kurt, but um, he's not exactly that young of a player anymore Mm -hmm. at this point in his career. So I I think he kind of um, understands the game uh, at this point. And um, it's easy to root for a guy when he's uh, as entertaining as he is. Uh, Great guy. Yeah, yeah, great guy. But uh, Packers are in business of – they're not – they're not keeping someone around because of, of, of their social media game. Um, all respect to Kurt. They're going to make that a football decision and, and that's how they're going to operate. So best of luck to him. Um, and um, uh, we'll move forward. Dane, any other um, recent news and notes that you wanted to touch on before we sign off here? I'm trying to think, you know, these, these, these off seasons, I'm trying to think of anything else really popped. I, nothing major that I can think of right now. I mean, the banker thing was honestly a surprise to me. So I was a little bit surprised there. Um, and the Packers are playing a little bit of musical chairs at the kicker position as well. Um, but, um, you know, outside of that, no, and we'll, we'll see how this all shakes out come training camp in a few weeks. All right. Beautiful. Well, folks, those of you that jumped on tonight on our live, uh, as well as those of you listening tomorrow or Thursday or Friday, whenever you're able to take a chance to download. Thanks so much for following along. And thanks again to Jack Halflin for joining us tonight um, and for being generous with his time. Great to catch up with him. As always, be legendary and go back. Go back. Go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't the best sport, and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will say.